You're listening to the shorter, digest version of the Hutton Orbital Radio Show, with the Hutton News, the Hot Pit Bit, Commander Flossie and her community goals, Galnet Digest and Buck Naked's Top Trucker. If you want the discussion section and the green room, there's also a longer version of this podcast available. Whichever you choose, do enjoy the show. Yeah, what's been going on this week anyway? Are we in or out? I think they was on holiday. Then they weren't. Then they tried to go back on holiday. But why? It's not clear. Something to do with the eagle being ill or something. Well, being brought back off your holiday would give you a hump, all right. Make explaining all the shouting and bad language. Oh, that's nothing. They've been calling for a bum hug. Their radio's broken and needs a new speaker. And one of them keeps lying down on the job. Ain't there anything we can do to change things? Nah. Blitting self-elected, most of them presenters are. Look, there's one now. Our mics are live. For real this time, honest. Good evening, everyone. Here we are once again, ready for an evening of fun, frolics, and other things beginning with F. The studio's a little quiet tonight, which is a pity, as we usually make up for a lack of quality with quantity. However, all is not lost, because we have the person about whom it has been said that if she ever left the radio show, the Tower of London would have a plague of ravens. Or something like that. It's Norma Snockers! Hello, Dick. I can't think of anywhere I'd rather be. Actually, I can't think of anywhere else to be. Full stop. Seated next to her is the delightful Amelia. Hello, Dick. Nice to have room to stretch out in the studio for a change. Last, least, but definitely not leashed. It's Harry Balzac. Good evening, Dick. Good evening, everyone. And a special hello to our listener. Enough pleasantry and badinage. That's a fantastically, fantastically fancy word. Badinage. Is that correct? Have I say? I mean, I come from a place. Yes, that's correct. Wow, that's unusual for me. How fortuitous. Right, <clears throat> Enough pleasantry and badinage. That was a cover while I clicked some buttons. It's time to get on with the news. Our Falcon Delacy Falcon Kitten. Tharg's plan moves to its next phase. There will be no announcement of new amphibious craft anytime soon. Engineers go on five-day bender. Pizza Partying Party produces and provides pilots perfectly presented pleasure. Atrus 5060 consults Canon. Lose, not himself. Norma's got something to get off her chest.
With the recent increase in the number of new commanders, more training sidewinders than ever have been required, and it appears that Falcon de Lacy have been forced to buy cheap imports of some of the ship's components. The purchase of components from Gallifrey seems to have an unexpected side effect. The cargo capacity for new ships during training missions has been boosted from the usual 4 tonnes to 120 tonnes. We understand that whilst the Pilots' Federation would like to increase the current number of training missions, they are having difficulty in expanding the cargo carrying ones, as they have discovered that with a cargo that's bigger on the inside, although they can carry 120 tonnes of cargo, they cannot actually lift off. Undaunted, they have started looking at new ways of launching the ship during training, such as a space cannon a very big space elevator, or their most ambitious plan, using a very long lever and a fulcrum. On one end there is the sidewinder, and the other side is ready to accept the push from a ship accelerating towards the planet with thrusters switched off, or as it's better known in the trade, the full flossy. The Pilots Federation have not yet published the results of these tests. For around two months now, news of the Thargoids has been sparse, and we have had little inkling as to what Tharg the Mighty has been planning. Hutton Orbital Radio can exclusively reveal that we have discovered where the Thargoids are. They are in your ship, and they tricked you into bringing them on board. Look out of your cockpit window now, and you will likely see the stars, or the inside of a station. Now look down. Lower. No, not that low. Staring at your own crotch is not something you want to do in polite company. On your dashboard, what do you see? Likely as not, one or more Thargoid bubbleheads, nodding in a silent and sinister fashion. Do you know what's inside one of those? No, you don't. And yet you were happy enough to install it, weren't you? Tharg is showing that he has learned enough about human psychology to know that humans have very short memories. He disappears for a few weeks and we forget about him and his swarms of death dealers. Then we are happy to accept a souvenir of a war that we think we've won. What makes this scheme so fiendish is that Tharg did not give away these incubation chambers because he knew that hardly anyone would bother to pick one up. Instead, he made sure that we had to pay only one arcs. So it's affordable, even after making only the smallest of interactions with the galaxy. He also gave an artificial value to its rarity, pretending that it will only be available for a short period. Thousands upon thousands of commanders have fallen into this trap, rushing to buy, sell, scoop, scan, fight, whatever it took to gain that first precious arcs and to spend it on Tharg's bubbling parcel of death. Many commanders even proudly showed images where they had filled all of the slots on their dashboard with the once feared enemy's giggle. We urge you to think carefully about the possible consequences of inviting Tharg into your ship, like the ancient curse that prevents witches from entering, uh, or is that vampires? Or is that door-to-door -door salesman? You know, you know, I can never remember. But once they have been invited in, you may spend the rest of your short life trying to get them to leave. 
Although the mystery of missing truckers has still not been resolved, there was a sighting of Commander Fletch this week, as he was taking his experimental hauler upgrade for a hush-hush mission during an ion storm. Flying through a low-lying canyon in conditions that made his craft look less like a hauler and more like a gondola, he was making slow but steady progress. When there was an explosion at a nearby waste processing facility, and within moments he was up to his waste and uh, waste, bio waste that is, to add insult to injury, a bow wave from a passing Type Nine that was currently doing double duty as a ferry knocked out his thrusters and left him drifting through a sea of unpleasantness. And quickly checking the codex for nearby sellers of paddles who could deliver to a commander in distress. This tale does have a happy ending as the system authorities came in their bright red Type 10 and used a tractor beam or winch to pull Commander Fletch to safety. And they issued a system-wide warning to other pilots to try to avoid such foolishness themselves. Commander Fletch's hauler is currently drying out, but unfortunately no one who isn't upwind can get close enough to see what progress has been made. Rumours that the commander is to rename his craft as the Travelling Cubicle 3 show are as of yet unconfirmed. When asked for a quote, Commander Fletch said this is why they won't give us atmospheric landings. <sighs> Engineers took advantage of last week's galactic shutdown to have a get-together celebrating the official opening of Professor Ishmael Palin's new facility in the ARC system. Reports say that everyone was having so much fun that they didn't want the party to end and things ran on until Monday morning when supplies of Lavian brandy and Kamitra cigars finally ran out. This left commanders across the bubble without engineering services over the busy post-galactic shutdown weekend. Dee Dee Waterman said, I like the odd glass of Lavian brandy, but you know what it's like when your friends know you like something. People have been bringing me this stuff for three years now as a thank you for helping them out with ship upgrades. I'm glad to get rid of it. When we asked the slightly worse for wear Professor Palin how the opening went, he commented, After the Thargoid attack and evacuation from the old base, people wanted to blow off some steam. Elvira and Liz got together to create a firework display with Soontil relics and landmines. It was really very beautiful. Just be careful if you're out near Pad 3 though, as we may have missed a couple in the clear-up. Engineers have returned to work now and services are up and running again, except for Chloe Sedesi, who woke up at Explorer's Anchorage and has, t has had to have a hitched lift back on an anaconda which was studying parasol mollusks in the area. As our listener will be aware, visitor numbers at the orbital have fallen off in recent months. For some, this has been a welcome respite from the usual hurly-burly of Hutton life, Floor mopping guy has at last been able to change the head on his mop, whom he calls Charlene, though no one knows why. He's proud of that mop, he's had it forever. He's had to change the head many times and the handle five or six times, but he's had Charlene since he was a boy. Elsewhere, Commander Ventura has been free to twiddle his knobs in peace, and even Alvin, all praise to our leader, has been able to try to sniff parts of his anatomy that had previously been out of reach. One person for whom the unexpected quietude has not been a blessing is Commander Brett Riverboat. 
With no one visiting Hutton, his Planet Express pizzeria has been totally empty. Profits have been down and his recent accounts look like he's been trading in Rockforth for fertiliser. Commander Riverboat has made a decision to stop mucking about behind a service counter and to do what his heart has always told him, be a trucker. Thus, Monday 23rd of September 3305 marked the last Hutton Pizza meet at Planet Express Reading with Commander Riverboat at the helm. Photos of bottles of champagne were passed around with gay abandon. A table full of tossers pummeled, pulled and squeezed until they could cover the pizza with their own sauce and very special personal toppings. We did see someone who looked quite a bit like Commander Overlight serving behind the bar, but we studiously ignored him. He was obviously undercover as he'd left his usual false beard at home. Throughout the evening, many tady pizzas were assembled and demolished, commanders roistered and doistered, ate and drank, and eventually spilled out of the building to try to work out which ship was theirs for the trip home. At least one commander didn't manage this last part and was still there for breakfast. The occasion also marked our very own Commander Vantiern's trip around the sun anniversary. His age is a closely guarded secret, but as it's bound to be a multiple of 21, we say happy 84th birthday, Commander. A truly splendid pizza meat that was not the end, only the end of them in that particular form. From here on in, we're going to have to pay full price. Good evening, trackers. Atris5060 reporting in once more from Canon Research with the latest developments on the Thargoids. Another week has gone by, trackers, and we've no updates on the whereabouts of the Thargoids. Last week, we reported large sums of arcs being transferred under the name Tharg from the Bank of Zayons, which has led to the Pilot Federation hiring an auditor to investigate any financial wrongdoing by this curiously named account holder. While the investigation continues, Aegis has gone quiet and Eagle Eye is not reporting anything new. As a result, the boffins over at Cannon have gotten bored. Oh dear. In order to get my weekly dose of tin foil, I've been interviewing random truckers on the orbital to see what their theories are for the future regarding the alien menace. I managed to corner Commander Comicborn outside Cubicle 3, and rather than face the horrors of the cubicle, he agreed to speak with me. And oh my, the tin foil is strong with this one. According to Commander Cometbond, the crop failure messages on Garnet are fake news. The Rockforth fertiliser is a new version of the mycoid virus developed after the reports of Thargoid interceptors collecting escape pods. By adding it to the food chain, all humans will eventually become carriers and so propose, well, sorry, become poisonous to Thargoids. When a Thargoid interceptor collects a human inoculated with the Rockforth mycoid and opens the pod, the interceptor will be disabled and can be analysed and utilised by human technicians. Phew! This has already been successfully tested! Flippin' it! And the disabled interceptors, these tests have been equipped with human technology. This is where the Orthrus interceptor variant originated. The work was carried out at Palin's old base under Palin's direction, which is the real reason why the base was attacked. 
and Palin had to relocate in a hurry. It also explains why Federal Battle Cruisers were stationed at Palin's base. It was not a blockade. It was equal parts protection fleet and emergency escape vessels. And the emergency of the Cloakadesi Cloakadesi in which head was not an accident. Her base contains everything required to turn interceptors disabled by the Rockforth Mycoid into hybrids. The location in the Witchhead Nebula means minimal turnaround time for the conversion process. And with that dose of space madness, I'm off to get me bra line tanned and to see whether the boffins on the Gnosis can come up with something even crazier. <laughs> For the mug. Accessing Hexcomb Briefing Channel. Authenticating. Access granted. Incoming message from Hexcom. Thank you for calling the Hackswing Automated Briefing Line. Please note that all conversations will be recorded and used for training purposes. Hunting Thargoids is an at-your-own-risk activity. Hackscom and the Hutton Orbital Trucker Cooperative cannot be held liable for the accuracy of this automated briefing or any damage, injury, cryogenic exposure, illness, or death that may result from the application of this information. Currently, there are zero systems under incursion at this time. This includes the following systems. Reference error. Cannot process null array. Currently, the Eagle Eye Network reports zero systems experiencing infestation at this time. Systems experiencing infestation are Reference error. Cannot process null array. Hackswing's primary areas of operation in order of priority, are Reference error, cannot process null array. As always, Thargoids can be found in non-human signal sources in the following areas. The Pleiades. The Witchhead Nebula. Press 1 to end briefing. Press 3 to repeat briefing. Press 1 to end AXCOM transmission. Defend the mug. All truckers alert! Lou Snockers has had to make an emergency dash, and so it's time for Harry Balzac to finally read the BGS bit. Head to Avic. Sirius are about to declare a war on us unless we take immediate action. This would cost us Bruce Prospect. Yeah, and seriously upset our Australian contingent, who obviously all live there. You can tell who wrote this, can't you? Whew. Missions, passengers, bounties, trade, and exploration data are urgently required. There is only one outpost, so medium or small ships only. For those of you who have been waiting to play with your pythons, uh, now is the time. Get them out and do what you do best. In other news, Wolf124 and our home in Alpha Centauri are way too high. Please work against us in those two systems until the numbers are down to 50%. Elsewhere, ev everywhere else is looking rather good. Even LHS 340, but that doesn't mean you can go there. Over in Colonia, all is looking good. There is an outbreak in Doritos, so we can make some nice profits and boost our influence there. EOL Procol Centauri is an investment, so there should be some good trucking to be found. And Tia are in boom, 
So as long as we don't annoy the CCN, we can mess around in there a bit too. Remember, Alvin does not want to expand, so work against Hot in AC and Wolf124. And everyone, even vaguely near the bubble, needs to get over to Avic and slap those Dogstar folk down a bit. There's only room for one dog in that system, and it's Alvin. For the mug, over to Norma. Once again, we are aimless, with no goals and no initiative, so there's nothing to share about that. Something else will fill our void this week. More on this later. here. As there are no interstellar initiatives and no community goals, I thought that this was the ideal time to read you the fifth extract from my recently published autobiography, How I Became the Pilots Federation's Favourite Pilot. <laughs> Chapter 12, the, the Ed Lewis years. We were young and somewhat say foolish in those far-off days. The galaxy seemed endless, and the only salt I saw was on my chips. The trouble started one day when I was at home, minding my own business, happy being harmless, spending my days bashing seven shades of bio-waste out of a demon, or bombing innocent civilians as I flew over their pretty fields. When the door flew open, and a tiny person stood bathed in sunlight, the wind ruffling his short ginger locks, and his fingers I could see him playfully holding a card, bearing the words, paint job. This is so sudden, I said, and, and I was surprised by how breathless I sounded. He sprang to my side in only five or six short steps and said, Flotty, be mine, wrong way is the wrong way for you. Well, I was trying to stuff the card that was holding those exciting but forbidden words into my bra. He became preoccupied, as he seemed to be having a little difficulty getting it through my three cardigans on the top of my winter at nighty. <laughs> at this point, I could hear Commander Wrongway coming down the stairs, so I thought fast. Unhand me, Mr L, I shouted. Climb on that chair so that I can look you in the eye and tell you that this will never work, this can never be. That's all we have time for this week. Next, day, next time, I'll be revealing what I had to do to get into the Pilots Hall of Fame and exactly how long the course of antibiotics was. Flossie told you what to do
Galnet News Digest, 26th of September, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Rockforth issues refunds. Crenellations on your castle. Galnet relaunches. Rockforth issues refunds. The Rockforth Corporation has apologised for a mix-up in pricing that may have left some commanders out of pocket and is arranging refunds. The introductory pricing for Rockforth Fertiliser, which is only available at Marshall Dock in Reedquat, meant that some traders lost out unfairly. The Rockforth Corporation says it recognises the distress that this may have caused and will make a full refund to those affected. Of course, some other traders may have made several billion credits in profit inadvertently by accidentally buying and selling huge quantities of the fertilizer while remaining parked at Marshall Dock. It's easy to see that they may not have realized the vast amount of money they were making and that they were just being very, very indecisive about whether or not they wanted a cargo hold full of fertilizer. In order to remain scrupulously fair, the Rockforth Corporation has hired a crack team of hamster wranglers to ensure that any negative losses that these commanders may have made are refunded straight away by transferring an equal number of anti-credits to these commanders' bank accounts. Should their bank balance not be large enough to hold all these anti-credits, the technicians are authorised to buy the unfortunate commanders anti-modules to ensure a full refund. So if, for example, a commander has made a massive negative loss and has spent those credits on a selection of expensive modules, they may find those modules disappearing in a puff of antimatter and justice. Let's hope they didn't spend too long engineering them. In unrelated news, it's been reported that the Pilots' Federation has finally grown a pair. Crenellations on your castle. The Pilots' Federation is strenuously failing to confirm or deny rumours that it will soon be allowing commanders to customise their buildings. The rumour started when the Pilots' Federation reported that its new virtual currency, ARCs, could be used to customise buildings. It later explained that this was just a mistake. It didn't say you couldn't use ARCs to customise buildings, just that it was a mistake that they'd said it. So, would Sir like a David Braben bobblehead on Sir's bungalow? Would Madam like a Predator paint pack on her palace? Would you like a Dunganking nameplate on your space home? A decal on your domicile? Would you like to be greeted by a friendly Kovas as you enter your construction? You can have all these things if you have enough arcs. And a building. Galnet relaunches, and it's bigger and better. Galnet, your galaxy in focus. The Pilots' Federation news syndication feed is relaunching. Having been successfully trialled as a free-to-view service, it will now be available as a much better value subscription service at the low, low price of 499 arcs per week. In this week's Super Soraway subscription galnet, we give you the lowdown on what those leaders are up to. 
every bit the federal president? We take a tour of Zachary Hudson's sex dungeon. Think you know everything about ruthless pirate king Archon Delane? In this week's exclusive interview, he shows us his homemade crochet teapot cosies. And how about Ashling Duval in our exclusive intimate photo shoot? Will you cop a look at that pair of prismatics? We ask an astrologist just what Jasmina House's visions about the architects of creation really mean. We have the first interview with missing flight technician Gan Romero, who's been hiding out at Smeaton Orbital, and ask just what he was really chasing after. We go behind the scenes at the Pilots' Federation and ask just what does Zack do nowadays? And why do they have all those animations of commanders running about? The new subscription-only Galnet magazine. Can you afford to be without it? And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news subscription-free, so you don't have to. Back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you tool around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself, relatively pain-free, by going to the website hot.forthemug.com. Almost as pain-free as ramming Chandrayaan 2 into the moon. So let's get on to our top truckers from last week. Yeehaw! From the explorers, jumping around like them noisy crickets in a field, Commander Overlight took the lead with a bit over 61,100 light-years jump. The leader in destroying up the Don's dastardly desperados this week is Commander Texas Stew with 50.3 million credits earned and accounted for. Talk about a name we ain't heard in a long time. Welcome back there, Stu. Commander One Cat continues to lead the pack again as our top mission trucker this week with 2,233 mission points earned. Way to go. 
hauling cargo like a hunting truck or auto, Commander Montgomery Python transported and sold around about 141,100 tons this week. Keep on trucking, Commander. Driving the hunting Uber this week, Commander One Cat hauled 1,296 passengers around the galaxy. That's only two mentions for this cat this week. I think he took a breather, I see. The fastest run to Hutton Orbital is held by Commander Rampage 737 in 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 40 seconds. But the fastest run in this month of September is held by Commander Malice XR3 in 1 hour and 24 minutes even. If y'all think you got what it takes to beat these scores, then download the Hutton Helper and get to flying, Commander. You want to hear your name on this here radio station? Make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one, get in touch with us to get your very own Hutton decal for your ship. Hutton Top Trucker. Brought to you by Lacon Spaceways, the only ships in the galaxy that have a Peter Wotherspoon bobblehead to play with on those long, lonely trips through the darkest recesses of space in your mind. Take care, everybody, for the bug! Uh, Oops. <laughs>